Y'all be turning to Genesis 6, all right? We're going to just continue with our, our Noah theme this morning. We had faith in our Sunday school class this morning, and I told him when I think about Noah, I think about a man of faith. Uh, just an amazing story as we think about it and uh, looking that together today. By the way, I, I, don't, I don't say much about her, and I should, but I, I thank my wife for what she does here at our church. And uh, yes, I thank her for working with these teens and uh, GPS and her crew on, on Wednesday night is just awesome. And uh, I thank you for all that you do. And thank you for serving our Lord. Uh, <laughs> that's why I don't do it because I start crying. But uh, I, just, uh, I just love being able to serve the Lord with my wife. And it's just awesome. And so God just gives her such insight and I appreciate it so much. All right, I'll shut up because she'll get on to me after church. But uh, I thank the Lord for Genesis 6, finding favor in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, this is a story probably we could all just, probably we could all just come here and tell this story. But I wanted to look at it once again to kind of fit with what they were doing. But also, um, we're going to look here toward the end. It, it's really applicable to today. But you think about a man, as we'll look here a little bit later, he, close to 500 years old. You know, I told, our, I told our youth class this morning, I can't walk across the floor at 50 without hurting. And here uh, Noah at 500 is building an ark in the middle of nowhere. Uh, remember now that they say it never rained from the sky before. Um, and he's out there building this monstrosity. And we'll look at the size and all that here in a minute. But just the faith that he had. What I loved is you read the story in Genesis 6. I won't get to hit every bit of it today, but you get time this week. Read Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9. It takes you through the whole story. And maybe if you haven't visited that in a, in a long time, uh, you just enjoy reading it again. It's a great story. But I think about it. It kept saying ever so often, and Noah did everything that God asked. Can you imagine that being said about you or I? Wouldn't it be awesome that God could say that, that Noah did everything that God asked? Man, I'd love to be able to do that, Angie, that everything God asked me to do, I could do it, you know? It would just be so great. But Noah did that. He was a man uh, that God loved. And we'll read here in a minute one of my favorite verses. But Noah found favor, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and I pray that someday when it's my turn um, to go to be with the Lord, he can say that, that Todd found favor. You know, we're told um, those that believe in him when we enter into heaven, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Think about that, that time when... All you can do probably, all we'll be able to do when we face God and face Jesus Christ is fall on our face because of his greatness and his love for us. And I don't even know if I'll be able to speak for probably the first million years because I, I don't even know what to say. He's so good to me. But he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Not so much because of what I did or you did on earth, but because we believed, because we followed him, because we had faith in Jesus Christ just like Noah did. So let's look this morning. We're going to cover some ground and hang in there with me. Let's look at Genesis 6, and we'll start in verse 1, okay? Genesis 6, verse 1. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years old. I mean, 120 years. Now, let's take a time out right there. I've even got it in my notes. Please explain that, okay? And, and guys, I don't know if anybody knows for certain, but 
That was just some weird reading there. Let's look at that one more time. And when human beings began to increase in number on earth and daughters were born to them, number two is the big kind of weird verse. The sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Why is it saying the sons of God and the daughters of humans? What's going on here? And I'm telling you, there's been everything from these were aliens to, to all kind of things going on here. But if you read and you study a little bit, look at the scholars, what was going on here, I believe, and it, it looks like it, it, and I'll show you some verses here in a minute that kind of give us an insight to that. But it looks like that these were fallen angels. And this is really, this is kind of bizarre stuff, stuff you don't hear every day. But these look like, to me, they were fallen angels. And these fallen angels looked upon uh, the women of the earth. They were beautiful. And so they took them as wives. They, they married them. Now, was this in God's plan? By no means was this in God's plan. Was this supposed to happen? No. And if you look at angels, the study of angels, most of them believe that, that angels are, are, they don't have a, a fail, male or female. They're just, they're just angels. But here... We, we know that from studies in Sodom and Gomorrah and different things that angels could take on bodily uh, appearance. And here it looks like that these fallen angels that had happened way back when, when uh, the, the devil, Satan, tried to put his throne above God's, that him, and it says him and his followers, were cast to the earth. And it looks like at this time, some of those took on the appearance of human man and married and had children by these ladies. Now, I know this is really weird. Maybe you've never heard of this before. But they, they began, and the human race was corrupted, so to speak, because God never intended for this to happen. Now, let me show you a verse that shows, and what this shows to me, guys, is God doesn't play with sin, all right? God doesn't play with sin. And first of all, he's telling them that, that the world's corrupt. He knew that this, this cross-marrying uh, as far as uh, supernatural beings type, I don't know if they're supernatural, but they're beings not of this earth, and, and human beings, it was not going to be good. It was going to be kind of weird going on there. So look over in a really strange book that you don't probably ever read. Over Right before Revelation, there's a book called Jude, J-U-D-E. Right before Revelation, I've got the screen up on the screen there. And we start in verse 5, and it says this. And these verses just show you that God doesn't play. And it also kind of helps us explain what this weird verse in Genesis is about. But it says, though you already know this, and, and Jude was a, a book that was written to all the false stuff going on out there. There were so many people trying to lead God's people astray that Jude was kind of putting up all these warnings. Look, don't, he said, he said listen to me, fear God. Don't, don't play with sin. Uh, make sure you know who God is. Make sure you follow Jesus. Make sure you don't get pulled away by every wind of doctrine and things going on out there. And guys, I think you'll agree with me. We live in a world today that there's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. There's a lot of people trying to get you to believe all kind of things. And I want to proclaim just like Jude did. I want to tell you, follow Jesus. Don't get, don't get off in some of this stuff that can lead you astray. And that's what he's talking about. So Jude starts talking like this. He says, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt but later destroyed these who did not believe. And this just shows you that, guys, we do not need to take sin lightly. All right? God didn't take sin lightly. Uh, he ended up flooding the world because of sin. Here, we've been studying this on, on Wednesday night in Deuteronomy. Come join at 6 o'clock. I think you'll love this book. But we know from Deuteronomy 
that there was a time when the people came out of Egypt and they were offered the promised land. God says, it's yours, just go over there and take it. So what did they do? They sent out spies. You remember that? They sent out spies. And they seen over there, there was these, these giants. All right, some say that well, there's the descendants from these people here that we're reading about in Genesis. Giants and walled cities. And they said, God, we, we can't do this. Those people will destroy us. We, we can't do it. And what they were saying is, we don't have enough faith in you, God, to do that. And we're going we're gonna to trust our own understanding and not yours. And the Bible says that very thing, lean not on your own understanding, but trust God, okay? And so they didn't go in. And God, God took offense to that. And he says, you know what? Everybody 20 years and older will never see the promised land. You're going to wander around another 40 years. And you're going to wander around until everyone that's 20 and up is dead because you didn't obey me, because you didn't believe in me, because you didn't have faith in me. So listen to me. God doesn't play with sin. Let's look at the next verse. This talks about the angels in Genesis 6, I believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. Now, when God realized what these fallen angels had done, he bound them up, chained them up, and they are chained up to this day, and they are waiting judgment. And someday they will be cast in the lake of fire with the devil and everybody else that doesn't believe. And so he's telling them there, one more verse in Jude, one more verse there says, And in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion, they serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Now, verse 1, 2, 3 there of Judas, we just read those verses right after another. I think the overall theme there is don't flaunt sin in the face of God. And guys, our country today, our world today, has a tendency to flaunt sin in the face of God. And guys, there is one supreme judge, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he, he hung on an old rugged cross to defeat sin, to pay the price for sin. And when you flaunt sin in the face of God, what you're saying to God is his son's death was not enough. It didn't mean anything to you, and you're going to do whatever you want. And guys, listen to me. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a righteous God. It's fearful. And that's what happened, all right? So... Just kind of a weird little part there in Genesis. I thought we might explain that real quick. Now, that's the, best, that's the best feeling that we have of this scripture. They still will say that everyone don't exactly know who these people were. But as you study, kind of put the pieces together. That's what went on here. It looks like fallen angels uh, had children with women of the earth. And it, it, it damaged the genetic makeup of the world. And it, it caused a lot of things going on. Let's go back now to our original story. And go back to Genesis 4. The Nephilim, all right, were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. Now, when, let's flash back just a second, when the Israelites were going into the promised land and they said there, there's, there's giants over there, they said there was Nephilim then. They believed that was still the giants. These Nephilim were giants because... We had this weird, unholy union between fallen angels and human beings. They created these giants. And, it, and God knew that it was going to cause such a disparity 
a, a disparity between the two that this couldn't go on. And so these guys were, they, everybody talked about them. I mean, if you've seen an eight or nine foot guy, I guarantee you'd talk about it. They were renowned. They were known all over. They, they did remarkable things. You guys that are into superheroes, these were the first superheroes. They could do supernatural, superhero things because of how they were created. But God said, this is not what I intended. And God said, I'm going to put an end to it. I'm going to put an end to it. We'll talk more about that later. It's an interesting discussion. We could talk an hour on that, all right? Verse 5, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every, listen to this, and every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Isn't that sad? Every thought was on evil all the time. Keep that in the back of your mind. We're going we're to touch on something here in just a minute I want to ask you a question about. Verse 6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Guys, can you imagine the God that knows everything? A God that is sovereign, a God that has everything under his hands. Can you imagine when he looks at things and he's troubled? That, that, that cannot be good. That cannot be good. It reminds me when Jesus went up on the mountain there and he looked over Jerusalem. You remember what the Bible said? He cried. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. How, how often I would have took you under my arms like, like a hen does her chickens. And, you know, you ever been out on the farm and you see when, that, when, when the, the bullies come around, that, that hen will take them chicks and put them under her wings and keep them from getting hurt. And, and, and the Lord said that. Jesus was crying. He said, how often would I put you under my wings and took care of you? But you don't want me to. You don't even believe who I am. And so when I see the verses that God himself was deeply troubled, uh, he, he, he's sitting there, guys, he didn't know what, I, I think, you know, I'm not going to say he didn't know what to do because he's God, but he had a decision to make that was huge. To, to wipe everything clean and start over or to let it continue on and continue on down this downward spiral. And so God decided just to wipe it clean. We read just a couple weeks ago there in 2 Peter People say, when has God ever stepped into human mankind and changed the course of the world? Here's the exact point right here. He has. He wiped the earth clean. Let's read on. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will wipe away from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. Well, this sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? Brother Todd, is there any happiness in the message today? I'm fixing to get to that. Look at this next verse. One of the best verses in the Bible. We were talking on that. I think Brother Fred said something about the word but in the Bible. There's always something there that's amazing. And look at this. He sees all this sin. He sees all this wickedness. He sees all this terrible things going on and all this perverted things going on. But, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Can we say amen this morning? There was one guy that cared. A lot of people say, I'm just one person. How, how can I make a difference? I, we're just a little church in Mississippi County. Brother Todd, how can we make a difference? You know how we can? Because we have a mighty God. We have a mighty God. We can make a difference. You can make a difference as individuals. You can help change lives through the power of God. Not because we're great. Not because we're all that. And a bag of chips, as the kids say, we're, we're, you know, we're not. But we are. We are powerful through God. 
But Noah, I love that verse, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. There was one man that followed God. And guys, listen to me. Because of this one man, we're here today, if you think about it. Now, he's not God, but look, if there not been one man, he might have just wiped it clean and said, uh-uh, it's over. It's over. He could have done that. He's God. But one man made a difference. And guys, I'm telling you, with the power of God living in our lives, same Holy Spirit living in our lives, we can make a difference, amen? We can make a difference. Let's look at the story, some of the highlights real quick. Y'all are, a, lot, a lot of you are familiar with these stories, but these, this story here. Righteous and blameless, talking about Noah, walked faithfully with God. Oh, I want God to be able to say that about me. I want God to say that about you. I want God to say that about our church, amen? I want him to say that about the churches across America and around the world that are standing up for him. I want him to say about that about the missionaries that follow him so faithfully. But Noah was righteous and blameless and walked faithfully with God. You think Noah was perfect? No way. He was human. But you know what? He found forgiveness through Jesus Christ, through God. You say, wait a minute, Brother Todd. Jesus Christ wasn't born over there in Matthew, Luke. You know what? Jesus always been. He's always been. He's finite. I mean, infinite. He's infinite, okay? Over and over. So let's talk a little bit about Noah. He had a wife, had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And God asked him to build an ark. Now, let's, let's, you, you construction guys, John's a great construction guy over there, kind of wrap your brain around how big this ark was. 450 foot long. That's about a football field and a half. This building here is 120 foot long from the kitchen door in there to that door. It'd be almost four of these buildings long. That would take us all the way down to downtown here in Kaiser, all right? Probably on past that. But four of these buildings, almost, not quite, but four of these buildings long, and it was 75 foot wide. I think this building's about 80 foot. We got 60 in here and 20 more out there, so just about as wide as this building from that inside wall to that wall. So we're getting a kind of an idea how big this boat was, and it was 45 foot tall. Now, to the peak of this building, if I remember right, it's about 21 feet. So it's twice as tall as the Mac. It's four times as long as the Mac and about as wide as the Mac. That's a pretty big boat. Now, think about this. It's sitting in the middle of the desert. Did you hear me? It's sitting in the middle of the desert because it never rained. There wasn't a river around that could float a boat that big. But God had asked Noah to do something. What did he ask him to do? To build me a boat. And you remember what the verse said? I said over and over. You can see it there in... Uh, 622 and in 75 and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him to do that's amazing two of it took him it was built over a period of 120 years now I don't know if it took him 120 years to build the boat but I know that when God said you've got 120 years that's what began the clock ticking boom 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 clock ticking he's building the boat and he's also preaching the gospel he's telling him look big flood coming God's going to save everybody that's in the boat everybody in the ark he's going to save them Will you follow? 600 years old when the flood started. It rained 40 days and nights. And here's a very important part. You look a little bit further over there. I think it was over in, uh, yeah, in, in, verse, in chapter 7. Russell, this is not up there, okay? Verse, let me just read this to you. On the very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his, his wife and their wives and three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind. Remember it said take two of each. Now it also said, and sometimes you miss this, he took seven pairs of animals of the clean animals, all right? Seven pairs. But he took one of each, 
so that they could, they could continue on. They had with them every wild animal, according to its kind, all living livestock, every creature that moves along the ground. Why did he not leave the snakes out? And every bird, according to its kind. Why didn't he leave the mosquitoes out? Amen? Everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have had the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. Now, that's another great thing. They came to him. You'd go, man, I've got to go out and catch two rattlesnakes today. They just, they just come slithering up, crawled in the ark. It's amazing. God's power here. Pairs of all creatures. Then 16, the animals going in were male and female of every living thing. And listen to this part. As God had commanded Noah, then the Lord shut them in. It was over. It was over. The time of waiting had ended. And guys, I think it was a whole lot more than God just shutting the door because there's a great big door, all right? A great big boat had to have a big, big door, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't just because of that. What it was saying is, time's over. You've had your opportunity. The time for receiving Christ has come and gone. And now your time is over. We were talking about it with our youth class this morning. Can you imagine those folks that come by every day and laughed at Noah? You know, they were just about their business, and they'd come by, and that idiot's over there working on that boat again. Isn't he the craziest man you've ever seen? Hey, Noah, where's the water at? What are you going to do, float that thing in your bathtub? What are you going to do, Noah? Every day, every day, every day. And this is just Todd. This isn't in there. I'll step over here so you know it's not in the Bible. This is just Todd thinking. Can you imagine those guys on the very day that God shut the door, and they're laughing and snickering and poking fun, and all of a sudden that first raindrop hits that guy in the head? Can you imagine how that smile went to a, a frown real quick, or at least a concern? What was that? Remember, it had never rained from the sky before. God watered the earth from underneath, kind of like springs would ooze up and water the plants and vegetation. Then another drop, then another drop. All oh, this will pass in a minute. Honey, why is there two foot of water in the, in the living room? Two more days. How comes the water so deep in the house? It's up to my neck. Two more days, they start floating out the front door. All of a sudden, the ark comes floating by, and you can hear him pounding on the ark. Rick said that was one of the most powerful things. If you've ever seen Noah in the ark at Branson, one of the most powerful things is they're beating on that wall. Will you let me in? Help me. Save me. Help me in. Let, let, rest, save me. Help me. I'm, I'm drowning. But you know what? God had shut the door. It's going to happen again someday. It's going to happen again someday. We'll talk about that in a minute. So for 40 days and 40 nights it rained. Altogether, this was an interesting stat that I don't know if I've ever known before. Noah and his family was on the ark 371 days with a bunch of animals. Woo! You ever been to the zoo, to the lion house? Huh? Can you imagine? 371 days in closed quarters with every animal in the world at that time. Whew. Man. I bet you his wife was about, you better get me off this boat. But they continued to sail. And, then the guy, and, the, and it says that the water went higher, the highest peak in the world. At that time, I think they said Mount Ararat was 17,000 feet. And the water went 23 feet above the highest peak in the world. Think about that. A lot of people like to dismiss, dismiss this story. 
you ever watch the History Channel and all that, they'll tell you this was a flood on the river. And, and guys, I'm telling you, you flood the highest peak in the world, 23 feet, that's a little bit more than a river flood, I'm telling you. What we experience around here, that's just, that's lightweight stuff. This was big time stuff. This was God, supernatural stuff. This was God doing what God does. He can do what he, he can do whatever he wants to do. He flooded the world. 371 days on the boat, but then God made a promise with Noah. Here's the promise. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living, living creature with you. A covenant for all generations to come. Guys, we're still living under this covenant. We're still living under this very covenant today. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Next screen. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. One more. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant I've established between me and all life on the earth. Guys, I don't care how high the Mississippi River gets, we will never be flooded. The world will never be destroyed by water again. And every time we see the rainbow in the sky, that's why. It's a covenant between you and me. And it's the difference between God's mercy and God's wrath. And he's showing that. He's showing us mercy right now. He wants us to realize what his wrath looked like, what it looked like during the, the destroying of the world. That's the kind of wrath we need to get in our mind that we're going to face someday when we decide not to follow God. We think about those people that perished in the water. We think about his wrath that was poured out on this earth, and it was a wrath like none other can whip up. It's a, it's a wrath like none other could even fathom. A wrath that can flood this earth 23 feet above the highest peak in the world. Guys, that's a strong and mighty God. And that's the kind of wrath we need to realize that could be our, our judgment someday if we don't give our heart to Jesus Christ. Because now, just like he offered Noah, Noah, he offered him mercy, and mercy has come to all of us during this time. One of these days, he's going to pour out his wrath on this world again. We know this next time it's going to burn by fire. But his wrath is going to come and destroy everything. Everything we see, everything we own, everything we have, only those that believe in Christ, he's going to destroy everything else. It's coming to that. His wrath is real. In closing, real quick, go over to Matthew 24. And I want to show you the connection between Noah and today. Matthew 24. This comes right into our, our kitchen today. This is right, this is live today, all right? Right here where we are. That was a story that happened thousands of years ago. Still relevant today. But this brings the story right into 2015. Read with me, all right? But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Guys, listen to me. When someone tells you Jesus is coming back on December 12, 2015, you tell them they're crazy. The Bible tells us that no one knows. Listen to this. Jesus does not even know. It says only the Father knows. I remember we lived in Newport back in 1990, and I think it was somewhere in November, December, they 
God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. They had it on signs in town. And yet, you know what? I just rode around and smiled because they don't, I said, they don't know. They don't know. Guess what? That day come, here we are 25 years later. We're still here. The Bible says only God knows. Only God knows. As it was in the days of Noah. Listen to that. You remember how he would tell them, come on in the ark? You see, guys, listen to me. There's a lot of types or foreshadowing in the Old Testament. The, the, the ark is a type. The ark is a type of God's grace. You see what happened there? Remember what happened in the story? Everyone that was in the ark was saved, amen? Everyone that was saved, that was in the ark, was saved. It shows us God's grace. Everyone that is in Christ someday will be saved. Those that reject Christ, they will face the wrath, just like those that were outside the ark knocking on the door to get in. Those that are not saved will face the wrath of God. But he said there's a way out of that. You don't have to go through that. You trust in my only son that died on the cross and died for your sins and rose again. You can be saved. You can come inside the ark of Christ and my grace will save you. But if you don't, there's no hope. Only destruction. Only eternal damnation. Only eternal loss. But there is a way through Jesus. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. I'm not even sure. I talked about a while ago how they were making fun of Noah. And I'm sure that was kind of something they did on the slide and, you know, every once in a while. But I think, and just like it says here, as in the days of Noah and just like today, people are just going about business. They don't stop to think about the word. They don't stop to pray. They don't think about going to church. They don't think Jesus is coming back. They think they're going to live forever. You just look at the way people go about business, guys. And that's what's going on here. That's what's going on in Noah's day. That's what's going on in 2015. People are just living like nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to happen. I'm going to live, do all I want, and I'm going to die, and it's going to be over. Guys, we know if we read God's word, we know that's not true. We know there's a great reckoning coming. We know there's a great day coming. We know the, the, the day of the Lord is coming when he will return to this earth. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That's a sad verse. i got to believe with all my heart Noah preached and told them God is going to destroy the world. He's going to destroy the world. He's going to destroy the world. And the Bible says here they knew nothing about what was going on. There's people, there's preachers standing in the pulpits today saying Jesus is coming back. You go to work during the week and you tell them about the love of Christ and you live that life and you shine that light and you tell them Jesus is coming back someday. There's, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun, as the old preachers used to say. And it's still as alive and, and right as it is today as it was then. And then people say, I ain't got time for that. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. That's what's going to happen someday. Guys, I don't know if it's going to be today or a year from now or 
3,000 years from now. Only God knows. But one of these days, guys, it's going to happen. Oh, Brother Todd, they've been preaching about that since my great-great-granddaddy was alive. He ain't here yet. You know what? We're one day closer than we was yesterday. I believe he's coming back, don't you? There's no sense being here if we don't believe he's coming back. What are we coming here for? Just see each other? That's a good thing. I love fellowship. But we're here because we believe in a holy God. We're here because we believe in this word that every bit of it's true. And we believe that someday Jesus is coming back and he's asked us to live righteously. He's asked us to walk with him. He's asked us to obey him. He's asked us to, to do whatever he commands us to do, just like he asked Noah. So that we, when he comes back, may find favor in the eyes of God. That's what it's about. Listen to this, guys. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have his house, let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because a son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Is Jesus coming back again? Yep. I believe that, Todd. I believe it too, guys. When's he coming back? I don't know. I've told you this before. I think I told it just maybe one or two Sundays ago. You know, we got broken into a couple years back in our house. Come kick the door in, took a few things. We didn't have a whole lot. But just that quick. If I'd have knew he was coming that day, I'd have sat by the door and at least scared him off or something, you know, screamed real loud like a girl or something, you know. But, but I, I had no idea. We went over to Bill and Ann's for five minutes, come back, it was done. And I know every night I watch on the news, there's people breaking into houses. I hear it on the you know, radio, I hear it on, everywhere I look, there's people breaking in every day, you know. But it can't happen to me. There's people out there that we know, and we tell them Jesus is coming back. Ah, I, I believe that. One of these days, trumpet's going to sound. Just like he did for Noah, God is going to shut the door, and it's going to be too late. You go, well, that's kind of an awful God to do that. No, he, we're living in grace right now. Why do you think he waits so long to come? Why do we scream every day, God, why don't you stop this mess? Why do you allow people to get hurt? And why do you allow babies to be abused? And all these things we scream and go on about. You know why he waits? Because he's a patient God. And he knows when he shuts the door, it's over. Nobody else is going to get in. And it's open to everybody now. There's an open invitation. It's not like, you know, well, I didn't, you know, president didn't invite me because he don't know me you know or or this person didn't invite me to the party because they didn't know me this is open invitation it says that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come and have salvation and eternal life the door is open right now guys just like noah said come 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 get in get in we're fixing they said mm -mm, i'm too busy today 2015 god's saying come come on Come on, please, come on. Time's running out. One of these days, it won't be a drop of rain, but it's going to be a trumpet sound. It's going to be over. Guys, it's going to be too late. 
and they're going to get caught thinking it wasn't true, thinking it wasn't real, thinking it wasn't important enough to follow God. I pray someday that we will find the favor of the Lord. I pray someday when he comes that I'm walking righteously, that I'm walking blamelessly, and I'm walking with God. And guys, listen, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, but, but God has allowed us to be able to do these things. Where is my righteousness from? It's not because I'm a great guy. It's because God died for me. Jesus died for me, and everyone that believes in him, and all that you've believed in him in this, this building, we are made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Blameless? Brother Todd, my wife will tell you I'm not blameless, okay? She'll tell you that I have mistakes and flaws, but through the blood of Christ, I am found blameless before the Lord. Someday I'll stand before him, and he's not going to say, Todd, you just didn't measure up. I say, I give my heart to you. My name's in the Lamb Book of Life. And he said, you know what? When I look at you, I see my son. And welcome into your eternity because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Walking with God. Guys, I'm telling you what. There's half my time I'd rather do what Todd wants to do. Y'all ever fight that man and, and spiritual side? And you want to do the wrong things? And you want to do what's not proper? And you want to do what's not holy? And it breaks my heart when I do that? But God says, come, and he said, let my spirit fill you and lead you and help you walk in God. I can't do it on my own, but I can walk in the spirit of God and be where he wants me to be. You see what it goes back to? It's all about him. And someday when we come together in front of Christ, it's going to be because of him. I said that this week, and I, I believe with all my heart. We're not going to be up there in heaven someday because we're Baptist or Church of Christ or Pentecostal. We're not going to be in heaven because we had come to Sunday school 25 years in a row and didn't miss a day. We're not going to be in, in, in heaven because we taught a Sunday school class or because we was a preacher or because we was a good mom and daddy. We're going to be in heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we're going to be there. And guys, that's good stuff. That's good stuff to know. But guys, there's a siren to sound. I told the girls in class this morning, it's about tornado time, and all of them went, oh, I hate tornadoes. Somebody said, does our alarm work yet in town? I said, I don't know. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But you know, when you hear those sirens go off, you know it's time to take cover because it could be a storm coming. What God has asked us to do is be light. He's asked us to light up the darkness. He's asked us to sound the alarm that Jesus is coming again. And there's a way that you can have eternal life with him forever and ever and he asked us to sound the alarm. Let people know. Guys, listen to me. If you had your babies in the house and you know a tornado was coming, you wouldn't let them just ride it out and take cover for yourself. You would take care of them babies. Lord's asked us to go out and let the good news be known so people don't have to perish. And when we are born again and we receive the love of Christ, he wants us to impart and give that love to others, and we are to have that same love that he has for them, and we are to have a love for people that we don't want anybody to perish. And that's what he's asked us to do. Because someday, God is going to shut the door. And it's going to be over. Let's pray. And Father, as we think about this wonderful story this morning, Lord, we admire Noah and his faith. We admire that he did everything you commanded. We admire 
that he was so faithful in doing what he, you asked him to do. But Lord, we know that that wasn't Noah in his self. That was Noah acting in your power. It was a demonstration, Lord, of what will happen in our lives if we allow you to lead us and guide us and help us to walk right, righteously. Lord, help us to, to live that way. Help us to com continue to sound the alarm and to proclaim the good news that there's salvation available to all that will accept him. And Lord, we pray that others will hear and will come to know you. Lord, help us to find favor in your eyes. And Lord, we realize that that's not because of us, us, but it's because of your son that has saved us. May we spread the good news to all those around us. In your name we pray.